wicket. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. One now. Uh, I'm taking a victory lap this week. Oh, get it? Like get a vi- victory lap? You know what? Bang on with both my yeah. predictions, and my co host, Pakua Frimpong, went a little early on Twitter. I didn't didn't go you? A li- I, honestly, I don't think I went a little early. I think I was just cursed by Teo, Teo Pelletieri. Like, he just <laughs> cursed, you know, my prediction. That's, that's fine. What you know, did he do? What, how did he lay the He started the jinx? speaking unnecessarily about red cards, and then all of a sudden it was a red card procession for Melbourne City, and then. There goes my home grand final. I was upset. felt quite emotional. Well, there was one Melbourne team that kept up their end of the bargain. They did. Melbourne victory, knocking off Adelaide United in Adelaide. No mean feat. And we're delighted to be joined in studio by Melbourne victory midfielder Alex Chidiak. Chids, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing well. I mean, I noticed you vibing to our intro music. It is very good intro music. Thank you. We're proud of it. Josh, you did well when you made that. It was nice work. Uh, best on the station. Sh- sh- shots to the, the Euro show, I know. But uh, <laughs> we, we set the mood here nice and early. Yep. Uh, Chids, what's the vibe like in the victory change rooms pregame? What's the, the pregame pump up? Pre-game pump up. You're talking about music, or are we talking? Yeah. Oh, just generally. Look, because we had Melina Ayres, we had to um, go a little bit more alternative. We had a bit of ACDC, a bit of rock going she, on. She um, loves her ACDC. Yeah, doesn't she did she? bring this up when we had her on early in the like our first show of the season. She told she talks about how she loves rock, so I think that works for her. Yeah, so we had some rock going on right before we left. I think we're going to have to keep that going now. <laughs> I think it definitely worked. Well, she did score a goal and absolute banger. What's that? What was that like? The moment that goal went in. Did was it like? Oh, I think we're going to do it or. Or did you feel like? Did you feel confident starting this game, knowing I think we can do this? We had a lot of confidence going in. We had a really great preparation in the week, um, and yeah, it all came together on the day. You know, even in the change room, we had a really good feeling about it. All very focused. Our warm up was probably the best we had all season, um, and yeah, you could show that we really wanted it out there. So, what's uh, what? What makes a good warm up before a game? How, when do you know that the team's feeling it? Is it just like the passes in the pregame uh, drills are all just hitting a target, or is there a certain energy to it? It's a bit of an energy, and you see people kind of giving out their individual flair. You know, going out, um, doing whatever they want. You know, not being afraid to to make mistakes. Um, so yeah, like you could just tell, and everyone's shots were on point. And finally, I was hitting the target as well, so I was like, <laughs> "That's good." <laughs> what was the message from Jeff? He seems like a very calm man, but I, I said to um, Maya Markovsky last week, I think she he reminds me of like a he could be a James Bond. You know, he could have auditioned to be Bond <laughs> back was in he, the day. Yeah, back in the day, was he? Oh, he could still do it now. Don't don't put a, a restriction on Jeff, please. Let it be. Would what was his message for the, like this week and the game? He was just very calm, you know. We we know we've had you know a pretty up and down rocky season, um, but he's had belief in us this whole time, and I think he is a massive part that um, you know he's putting that belief in all of us that we can go out there and do it. And we did a little bit of extra um, video before the game as well, the night before in the hotel, and I think that helped um, get the message across too. But. Just very calm, collected. I think James Bond would be a good role see, for him. I'm telling so. you, come on. <laughs> Poker face yeah. and the pressure. You can see him checking his cards in he, Casino you know, Royale. Not, he's got not a pen and he just, he's constantly Seriously. clicking it. <laughs> it's like Morse code for something. We all just know. He just, he's just, Jeff, like, Jeff just understands. He's just got his mm. role sorted and he knows exactly how it works. So take us through it. Leah Privitelli gives you the lead with a very well-taken goal. I mean, she was full of beans, as she always is, um, particularly this game. And then you cop one of the... 
best goals to have ever been scored in an A-League women's finals match. Maybe yeah. A-League women's full stop. Yeah. Just a miracle free kick that, that loops over Casey Dumont. How does the team pick themselves up from there? I think we felt like we were in control the whole time. I mean, we had a similar feeling the first game against Adelaide before that first goal um, went in and we ended up losing the game. But we still felt quite in control at that point and we knew we were going to get one back. We, we had the energy at halftime. We weren't stressing whatsoever. We just knew we had to go out and give it our all and, and yeah, it ended up working out in our favour. You guys seem to dominate that midfield battle because Adelaide this season, their midfield has been quite dominant. This is your first season with Victory and you've really provided them something different. What was your in your specific focus for that game against Adelaide? Yeah, so in the past, um, you know, a few games leading up, I was playing a little bit more of a deeper role. Um, we had a few injuries out and everything like that. But with Amy Jackson coming back in the squad, she's more of our traditional six. So I was able to go a bit higher up. And I guess my role was to, to kind of distract the Adelaide midfielders, um, drag them away so... Uh, we could get um, AJ and, and Tiff on the ball and pulling the strings a little bit there. So that was kind of my role to just run around and be annoying. <laughs> so speaking of your role, I think it's a really interesting question because looking at the Matilda squad, there are lots of midfield options that have been used and rotated. What position do you think is your best? Because you play well as a six or you play well higher up, to, you know, a little bit up the field. What's, what do you think is your best Anything but left wing back. Um, <laughs> we just <laughs> anyone tuning in from Japan. <laughs> I think that's a um, fair thing to I say. I was about yeah. to make that joke, and I wasn't sure if I was allowed to. <laughs> so I'm I mean, glad we can, you we can have. make it now. It's yeah. safe to make it okay, now. Um, yeah, honestly, anywhere in the midfield, to be honest. Um, and and yeah, I've actually been enjoying playing a little bit deeper as well. I didn't think that I'd be as good as it. And there's definitely some defensive things I need to pick up on. But it's been a really good season for me to learn how to play different positions in the midfield and start to build confidence in that. I, I will just say that me and Josh are on that team for having you as the number six for the Matildas. I don't know if um, I might be speaking for you, but I think you'd be so mm. great in that role. That's just me. Mm, thank you. Well, okay. not really a question. Uh, not really we'll, a question. We'll, 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 we'll 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 no, I think it's, a, I think it's, a, no, it's a, no, no, but I think when we talk about the Matildas and, you know, some of the issues, I think that, you know, there are options and Alex has had a great season. Well, I want to talk about the kind of midfield dilemma that Victory's faced all season with, say, Amy Jackson getting shuffled into the centre-back role for much of it. Um, you've had so many different partners in in the middle of the park and you've played so many different roles in that shape. Yeah. You know, how's that uncertainty been to deal with, to try and tinker and find the right formula, which all, I guess, stems from Kayla Morrison's injury at the beginning of the campaign? Yeah, I mean, it has been quite an unlucky um, start from the beginning with Kayla and Melina out. Um, Melina out for a little bit longer than, than we all expected, to be fair. And, you know, in the season as well, with having games every few days, we've picked up more injuries like AJ's. Um, we've had a suspension with Kyra, so she wasn't able to play the other week. Um, we've had some of our young guns come in and, and do really well. So I think it's been quite a good opportunity for them to step up. But, yeah, we haven't had that consistency, and that's been the hardest part. But at the po- at that same time, you know, we've been building a squad, and that's what's gotten us, us to this point. And it's exciting because you need a squad to win finals, and that's what we showed on the weekend. What about the uncertainty for you as well? Because there was a period there where we weren't sure if you were going to stick around for the finals campaign or not. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a difficult period. Um, it was all kind of had to make a decision within six hours um, if I was going to 
either leave earlier or be able to stay. Mm. Um, and I think just it was the right decision to end up staying. You know, I felt like I was starting to gain some momentum. I was playing well, really enjoying it. And yeah, I didn't want to miss out on a potential finals. Is this the best you felt with your football in your career? Or is there another time that you look back on and go, that was probably where I was playing some of my best football? I think, yeah, definitely in a long time. I mean, when I was younger, uh, my parents would say when I had the bob cut and I was wearing my gloves, that was when I was at my best <laughs> and they want that to come back. So don't be surprised if I whip out some gloves randomly at some point. Um, bob cut though. Yeah. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It was Surely quite bad. there's some photos that just need to pop up. Just Please don't find them. They're, <laughs> they're horrendous. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is the best that I've felt in a long time. I think um, my last season um, with City, I started to find my feet again. And that, that was really, really good. But then, yeah, I didn't play for another three months after that. Went to Japan, didn't have a lot of luck. So I think this is where I've really um, built up a lot of confidence being, you know, in a more traditional formation as well. Um, that's really helped me find myself, I think. You mentioned six hours. Uh, mm. If you're able to give more detail on that, that would be interesting. Yeah, so basically what happened was we had, I think we had the game against Wanderers. I think that was our 5 nil win. Um, and a couple of days later, I got contacted from my club and I was originally meant to be leaving on the 25th. Um, and they said, from the 15th, you're not allowed to play. And the 16th, we played against Sydney FC. And I was like, we need to have a chat. So we got... On the phone with um, the GM, got my agent, and we we're just asking a whole bunch of questions because usually, like, that's yeah, that just came out of the blue. We didn't really understand why, and they were very firm on that. Um, so I pretty much asked like some quite honest questions. I was like, "Has you know, has the coach in Japan been watching my games? Um, you know, where does he see me fitting in in this next part of the season?" And to be honest, like, they hadn't been watching my games. Um, the team's been doing well, so he didn't think that he was going to change the squad. So. They'd also signed three new midfielders and that kind of consolidated my only potential position to be left wing back. So I just felt like it was um, probably best to ask for a mutual termination. And they they were really good about it. They were understanding. Mm. Um, They got where I was coming from. And yeah, because of the the window that was closing, it was like a six hour kind of like, I have to just make this decision today. And then, yeah, to, to be fair, Victor were very happy when I told them. Um, Jeff was said he was going to go do some somersaults outside. So I was like, brilliant. Uh, Please some stretches before, though, Jeff. He does his own stunts in the James Bond films. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need it. He, that is true. He's always ready. I mean, maybe the coach just couldn't get Paramount Plus to work. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people had issues this Josh, season. So. Josh, yeah, honest, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> honest, look at you. Um, even though you haven't had some of the greatest luck going overseas, obviously with your injury when you were athletic go and now the – not playing probably the best position for you in Japan. Do you still have those hopes of like, have you not been deterred to you know go overseas again? Yeah, like, I mean, to be honest, it, it has been quite heartbreaking. You know, two countries that I really saw myself being able to develop, um, two countries where they're like my favourite style of football. So it has been a hard one to take and I haven't fully processed um, Japan because we've just been go, go, go. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in saying that, you know, I, I, like, my dream's always been to, to be able to play overseas, um, to experience that at a club. Hopefully the next one, wherever it is, I am playing, playing in the midfield, get to have that experience. If only one time in my career I get that, I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really about finding the right mix and the right fit. It's tough because there's so many factors that can go awry there outside of your control. I mean, it sounds like the club have been 
in Japan have been brilliant to you, apart from the coach who just didn't see you as part of his plans in the midfield. So. Yeah, no, they, they really were. And from the whole process, I mean, like when I was signing as well, I was very excited about it and everyone was just, like, super great. The team as well, it was just, yeah, if a coach doesn't like you, then they don't like you. Um, and that was unfortunate, you know, first day out of hotel quarantine, I'm at left wing back, I can't really do much else apart from ask. And then there are a couple of, you know, cultural differences. I think asking was quite... Um, you know, asking for feedback was quite rude um, and I didn't mm. realise that at the time and that was, it was difficult to navigate those things um, and I just didn't see myself being able to improve just training over there. You know, I really wanted to be playing again um, and, and yeah, I've seen my game change a lot this season with victory. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for the next few matches. Obviously, it's a little bit hard to tell because it's been such a short period of time but do you think that's really, like, those types of adversities have really helped you and just, like, shaped the person you you are and becoming and also the type of footballer that you want to be in the future? Yeah, for sure. I think without those experiences, I definitely wouldn't, you know, be at this stage right now. I've got a way better perspective um, on what I want to do with my career and outside of my career as well. And I think it's just made me all around a better person and a better player um, and a better teammate in that too. So it's it's been... As, as hard as it's been, and I wish some things didn't have to happen to, to get to this point, um, I am grateful to some extent for those experiences. Now, those, those things aside, you've got a game this weekend against Melbourne City. What, what are your feelings and what are your expectations heading into that game? I think, um, you know, getting that win, obviously we needed to win to get through um, to this game, but it's we have such good vibes within the team. We've been talking about it ever since. I mean... You know, we, we had some really, like, fun celebrations afterwards. And that's that's been the, the same all season, though. Every win. And I haven't been a part of a team that really celebrates a win in a long time. And it's been – it was really special on the weekend. Um, and I think we've just got all the momentum now. Um, and it's going to be, yeah, a great match. I mean, it's a Melbourne derby where we've won – we've beaten them before um, and we lost the next game. So I think this is going to determine which shade of blue <laughs> Melbourne is. Um, so um, I'm excited. Melina coming back into the fold at the perfect time, it seems. I mean, no one wanted her to miss all, basically the whole season. You know, it's it's crazy to think that injury kept her out for, for so long when, you know, nobody expected it, but these things can happen. She's timed her run perfectly. She got a, a goal on the weekend with just a brilliant finish. She might be the best finisher in the league. I think she is, 100%. Like, it's, it's phenomenal watching her in training. Like, even when she was coming back from the injury, she was joining in in a couple of drills we did, and she just knows how to score a goal. And that's mm. what we, I think we have been missing this season. You know, Zim's come in and done a great job, but she's not a number nine, and, like, that's not her preferred position. Um, she's, she prefers to be out on the wing creating opportunities, and that's where she created the opportunity for Leah to score. Mm. So it's amazing having Melina back, and, yeah, I, I think she is the best goal scorer in the league. I want to see some really good celebrations this week. I feel it's a, if it's a Melbourne derby, I want I want just a little bit of you know some tension in there, just so when we get a celebration, it's a real like you know stick it to someone. I'm just that's just me. That's just me. I like a bit of drama. I, I mean, like the there drama. are two schools of thought, I guess, yeah. because Maya told us last week she did have something choreographed prepared. I think we should, she wouldn't she wouldn't reveal it on air, but she scores. Uh, she still got times when she scores next. <laughs> but then you've got someone like Melina with just like the purest natural reaction to the goal and the yes. big fist pump. Um, you know, that that's fantastic to see as well. Have you, do you ever think about a goal celebration or do you just not assume that it's going to hit the back of the net? Is that, that bad juju? Oh, I have had uh, – I have a couple that I've been supposed to be doing this season, but obviously I've only scored the one goal and that was when we were 2-0 down, so I wasn't going to celebrate. Yeah. I had to just Fair grab enough. the ball and cry. <laughs> <laughs> My dream is to, to do a knee slide though. Um, but the issue is, is like in the EPL, they make it look so easy. But like, 
I'm not sure if Amy Park is going to be kind to me in that sense. Like, I feel like there's some bumps in there at the moment. That and it's I like, might what, just... 20% artificial as well? There's yeah, a little bit of artificial that, turf like, there. Yeah, it's and it's never, like, wet enough either. So yeah. I'm just, I'm a little bit worried. I might have to get a water bottle first, spray the pitch, <laughs> do my run-up. It might not look pretty, but then... I'll get to do my knee slide. So. I feel like we would love to have a there's your sliding moment. Uh, mm. So it would be quite, you know, I think it would be great. I feel like a lot mm. of us on Twitter would enjoy it too. Against City, tough opponents, well-structured. Your former team, you know them yeah. well. You know you know how they play uh, inside and out. So does, mm. that, does that give you a bit of an edge? I think so, a little bit. Like I've just been so excited since, you know, we knew that City was the next game. All of us, we knew Adelaide was going to be very, very difficult to get past um, considering the form that they've been in. But I think all of us are extremely pumped up for this game, um, and yeah, knowing them quite well, I yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling confident, feeling really good. I love it. I love it. I, I, also, speaking of the celebrations, really quickly, I'd like to see Jeff pull out a James Bond celebration. I feel like that's oh. what you guys should do. You know, as a, I think it'd be really cool. We could. I, I can definitely I think, mention. That I think you know, vi- yeah, victory socials. I feel like that's what the theme needs to be for your next social. Post. Okay, done. I'll Ma- maybe the on. maybe the pen that he's clicking yeah. is actually a gadget from. I feel Q. like in Skyfall <laughs> there was something to do with the pen. I think I I think I remember that. Correctly. You better not get the wrong combination. It might yeah, explode exactly. spontaneously. Might maybe so. that's an explodes when they score a goal and it's just a celebration. <laughs> maybe it's like the Amy Park fireworks that keep going off unexpectedly. Exactly. Oh yeah, we just these ideas just keep on <laughs> keep on rolling. Look at that. So. You're up against Stoddy this mm. week. She's been killing it in the midfield. It seemed like, and we'll talk about it in our analysis later, but it seemed like Melbourne City lost their grip on the game when she was she was substituted early. That, that's a tough tough opponent to uh, to escape the attentions of. How is Stoddy like to come up against in a, in a game? No, she was difficult. Um, the first game that you know I, I was back, and it was I think one of her first games back as well. We were having a bit of a chat um, during the game and kind of commentating it together. So we've got a good relationship. Um, it is going to be a very difficult matchup, and with Leah Davidson as well, I think she's had a brilliant season too. So it's going to be a difficult one. But um, look, we'll be three v two. Um, mm. So I am I'm kind of thinking that we might have a bit of space okay. to work with. I think I think that you might also have some space to work with, but it's going to be it's going to be a great game, and I think that's something that Melbourne fans deserve just a really competitive A League Women's uh, preliminary final. And and no bubs in goal either. She's suspended, so chance for a few a uh, few pops from range. Just, uh, Maybe we test the keeper out early. Maybe yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's always that's always what you hear in uh, in like Sunday League change rooms. I don't know if the same phrases get the get the roll around in the pro level, but you know, test them out. Yeah, you know, yeah. see what they're <laughs> made of. We get that every game. Honestly, they're just like test the keeper out. We're trying. <laughs> I mean, you without trying to pump your tires up too much, you've nearly scored the goal of the season. I think twice <sighs> you've hit the woodwork from like twenty five meters. Mm-hmm. So it's coming. It's it's yes. maybe it's getting closer. <laughs> maybe you just need to wait for a special occasion. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, that's all I've been exactly. waiting and, for. And that's when you whip out the that's knee slide. Absolutely, the knee slide. Mm. Yeah. Chidiak. <laughs> So it's been so much fun having you in. I'm Absolutely. I'm going to actually clear the uh, the airstrip for you to to make a little cheap plug here. I've got conflict of interest, of course. <laughs> yes. But you can tell she's a natural on the microphone, <laughs> and it's because uh, Alex here has actually been doing a podcast. I have I have been doing a podcast, and and Josh here has been producing the podcast. Mm, hello. So. And I'm so. just yeah. Hello, <laughs> yeah. And because we've obviously been listening to <laughs> every episode yeah, religiously and, and giving us great reviews. Exactly, I'm sure. Exactly. It's called Five the other star. side of ninety. Do you want to give yeah. us a quick? you know, 60-second elevator pitch on what it is? <laughs> Just go listen to it. Um, no, so so pretty much it's it's an idea that I've had for quite a while um, now, but it's about mixing, you know, the community aspect of football um, and bringing that to light through, you know, myself as a professional um, and my partner's also within the game too. So... We've just got 
you know, us kind of speaking to some some really, really interesting people that have amazing stories to share. Um, and, yeah, look, so far we've had really good reviews on it. Um, we've got a few more episodes coming out soon, so have a listen. I better hustle on the edit then, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. get them uploaded so people can listen. You can listen to it anywhere, right? Uh, yep, The yeah. Other Side 90, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Fantastic. Spotify like normal people do or, yeah. you know, other yeah. apps are available. <laughs> We're going to let you go. We're going to let you prepare for the Sunday blockbuster Melbourne Derby preliminary final. It does not get any bigger than this. 4 p.m. kickoff at Amy Park. Alex Chidiak, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. I want the cool outro music now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll play the the intro again just just so you can can have your exit music. But we've got Caitlin Torpy coming up on the other side of the break. So stick around. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. One nil. And we're back here on Radio Dub here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Josh Parrish here with Bakua Frimpong. We've had the Melbourne Victory View. We're going to cross the city divide and talk to someone from Melbourne City now in the preparation for Sunday's preliminary final. We've got Caitlin Torpy joining us. Caitlin, how are you? Have you got? Have we got you there, Caitlin? You guys? Oh, yeah, just a little yeah, lag sorry. on the old Wi-Fi there. That's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back. Uh, how are you? And. Uh, you know, it's it's been a big season today. Obviously disappointing on, on Friday night, but you've got a big match to make up for it on Sunday. Yeah, really disappointing on Friday. I um, think we were pretty unlucky, but Sydney like held out their fort. Um, but yeah, big match coming up. I'm excited. Yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, Sydney game first. I'm sorry to dredge it up, but it was it was a incredibly dramatic end to end affair. A great advertisement for the league. Uh, not so great to be on the receiving end of it, I'm sure. But you know, you, you played well enough early on to to suggest that you you can still do this and uh, and can put uh, Sydney to the sword if you get another chance. Yeah, definitely. I think we started really well. Um, obviously, winning two nil, and then um, they came back you know Sydney are an amazing team and I think they you can't be too comfortable with the 2-0 scoreline and that shows it so it was a really tough loss for us but um, we're trying to put it behind us like you said and get ready for this weekend. What was the message from Rado post-match after that you know to bring the group back together to say you know what we've got another game this weekend and we can still mm-hmm. take out you know the title? Yeah, well, I think this straight away he just said that he's so proud of us um, because I guess we all fought um, till the death end of that game and we gave it everything we've got, obviously, um, two players put their body on the line especially and got the cards. But, um, yeah, he just kind of said that he's super proud of us and that we need to keep going and, you know, we had a meeting about it today and we're just trying to put it behind us and move on. Um, but, yeah, like I said, everyone's really excited for this weekend. Well, speaking of that that never-say-die spirit, I mean, arguably it, it cost Bubs in the end coming off uh, her line and getting the red card at, at 4-2. Uh, so you won't have her leadership in between the sticks this weekend. How does the, I guess, defence cope with uh, with her absence? Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, we, we've got you again. I was just wondering how, Sorry, how are you going to cope in the uh, in the absence of uh, of Melissa Barbieri's leadership from from goalkeeper? 
yeah, it's really tough. Um, that's a big loss for us, I guess, for this game. And um, she's a massive part of our team, but she's going to be there in the stands and cheer us on from the side. And I'm sure we're still going to hear her with her amazingly loud voice. Um, but we're really excited to see Sa- Sally step up as well. So it's really exciting that she's getting some more game time and we back her 100%. So, yeah. In terms of for you, you've had a great season, you know, you really had really some really key moments and have really solidified yourself in that uh, that position for the team. How, is, how have you looked at your season so far? Um, I've really enjoyed the season. I didn't realise how much I would enjoy the wing-back role especially. It's quite a new role for me, but I have felt like I've slowly started to get it. Um, but I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think this season for me has just been what I needed after a few um, in-and-out seasons of Raw. So I, I've loved it and playing with this team and, you know, under Rado as a coach, I've learned so much, I feel, and it's finally starting to show in my game. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed this season. Playing against victory in, in such a big game obviously carries an extra significance. Are you treating this like any other fixture or will there, you know, be a few inspiring speeches in the in the change rooms beforehand, everyone getting revved up especially? Yeah, I think there'll definitely be a few inspiring speeches, hopefully, but at the end of the day, we do have to treat it like um, another fixture. The pressure we're putting on ourselves is enough. So we need to kind of keep level-headed with it and play our game and play like we normally do. And that's what we'll try and do. But obviously, like you said, there is a lot more pressure on this game and it's a big game. And of course, we're versing victory in Melbourne. So it's going to be going to be good is there going to be any little like you know on the field banter where you know you just you know stick it a little just stick it around a little bit and then they can't really they're like guys we are the best side in blue in this state and we will be the best side in blue in the <laughs> entire competition is there any bit of that any of that left uh you know i think just normal like it's just normal i think that um you know we'll give it to each other but more off the field and as friends um but we both like both teams have a lot of respect for each other so it's going to be a fight and I think we'll leave the banter until after the game or see who wins but yeah so there's been uh you know no uh banter flying in the group chats in the week beforehand because all the players know each other we know this so you know you haven't had any uh, any words with any of the victory players any messages exchanged uh no not really um we're friendly but like as you saw I just spoke to Chids a little bit um, everyone's good friends. We all know each other from years back. So we're not really, it's a, it's a big game. So I think we're just going to go into it and be in that, like, I'm going to be present with my own team and I'm sure they're doing the same. And then after it will catch up. So one of your direct opponents on Sunday is going to be Catherine Zimmerman, who's one of the quicker players in the league. We saw the impact that Courtney Vine made when she came on, uh, for Sydney FC on the, on the other flank. Uh, how are you preparing to to deal with another uh, quick customer down that side? Yeah, well, Zimmerman's an amazing player. She's had another amazing season and she's definitely one of Victory's biggest threats. So I think the same, we kind of have to treat every single player like that. Um, I'm going to give her respect at the end of the day, but got to shut her down as much as we can with the speed and everything like that. Um, but I think, you know, we'll deal with it pretty well and, it's the same with the other side with the likes of Kyra and stuff like that. Everyone, they've 
they've got some big threats up front, so it's going to be tough. So, Caitlin, I think this weekend might be a time where you bring out some boots that have got, like, flames coming out the side, just so, you know, you can pick up some extra speed, just so they can't really get away. And maybe even if you're not moving that fast, your legs are moving fast, so it's deceiving everybody. What do you think of that idea? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) If I can get boots like that, I'll use them for sure. Maybe it's, yeah, that's the sponsorship. Mm. That's what what needs to happen, some boots with some flames on it. I think um, a few players yep. might, might whip out up. a new pair yep. uh, in the lead-up to this one. I'm, I'm going to rewind and, and talk about the last time you played Melbourne Victory, which is a long time ago now, uh, but Boxing Day, the 5-1 shellacking that you dished out uh, with Hannah Wilkinson <laughs> scoring all five. I mean, that's got to give you some confidence heading into this game, even if, uh, even if Victory have stepped it up since then. Yeah, well, like you said, they've definitely stepped it up since then, so... We're kind of treating it as a new team. Like we're definitely not going into this um, cocky or anything like that. We definitely think this is going to be one of our hardest games to date. Um, They're always going to put up a fight with us, especially because it's another Melbourne team. So definitely not really thinking about the 5-1 win. They beat us the first time we versed them as well. So it's even at the moment, it should be an interesting game. But yeah, we're definitely going to be ready for the fight. See. I feel like we've, you know, there's a question that we've forgotten to ask, like a lot, Josh, mm-hmm. that we used to ask a lot. Okay. Way, way back when we, you know, first started Radio <laughs> Dub. I know the season's over, but maybe even for next season, who are some players that we should be, we should have been looking out for this season? Or who are some players that have impressed you this season, maybe from Melbourne City or from any other teams throughout the season? Um. Well, from our team, I think. Holly McNamara had an amazing season until she obviously got the big injury, which was a big loss for us. Um, but I think now playing well, like Rihanna Policina is playing one of her best seasons to date. And Bubs was playing amazing as well up to the red card. Um, but, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of standouts in there in the league. Like we talked about Zimmerman from victory. Um, there's, there's quite a few names. I could list a lot of people, obviously Courtney mm. Vine's a massive one. She was the, game changer in that semi-final um but yeah there's there's heaps of names that I definitely think all of those girls have made a name for themselves this season it's awesome to see well last run from us before we let you go Caitlin you've had two players on suspensions for this game in in TJ and Bubs does that give the group a little bit of extra motivation to do it for them to get to the grand final so they can they can uh, see the season out in style yeah definitely yeah, in our eyes, our season's not over because of that. So we're definitely going to try and push for to get one more game in after this one. Um, but, you know, it's like we said before, it's a massive loss for us with those two players out there, two big players in the lineup. But we're just going to try and do it for them this weekend. Well, I don't think we can big this game up enough. No, because... we're, I'm very excited, Josh. You know, I'm going to be at that game mm. and I won't I mean, be celebrating you... too early. I will be appropriately waiting till the final whistles. I mean, we did some predictions <laughs> last week, uh, Caitlin. Pakua picked Melbourne City to get to I the did. grand final. I just I think, wanted a home grand final. You know, you went a little early on Twitter. I think you maybe put the hex on. but uh... I don't blame you guys. I lost, you know, I, as I said before, I blame Teo. Teo started talking on, t- on commentary. Oh. You know, they're, they're home and dry so unless they get a red card. Exactly. It was you Teo. put the hex on oh. you. But uh, hopefully no such... Uh, such comments from uh, from him this weekend. Caitlin, thank you so much for making the time and, and good luck on Sunday afternoon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll take uh, one final break here on Radio Dub before we uh, break down the games we've seen uh, over the weekend and uh, any other women's football chat that crosses our radar is coming up on the other side of this break here on Radio Dub. 
Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! We've had a guest-focused show so far. We haven't really had the chance just yet to sink our teeth into these two semi-final games and uh, work out just where they were won and lost and uh, how our predictions either came off or failed from last Josh, week. Stop talking about yourself like that, man. Relax, <laughs> okay? I know what you're trying to do. It's enough. Let it go, yeah? Let it go. All right. Sydney FC for Melbourne City 2. City were uh, sitting pretty after 58 minutes with two Hannah Wilkinson goals, but substitute super sub, uh, some made up her, Courtney Vine, completely changing the game after she came on scoring. Uh, Maria Cote Rojas scoring the uh, equaliser in the 91st minute after a red card to TJ Vlanich in the 88th. And uh, then Sydney FC did the business in extra time. Two goals to put them up 4-2 before Melissa Barbieri's Rather inconsequential red card in the 115th minute that only has the effect of ruling her out for Sunday's Melbourne derby. Where did it all go wrong, Pakur? Where did it all go wrong? I believe it all went wrong, I think, at the 70th minute when uh, Stoddy went off. Mm. I think it slowly... I think that when the... A lot of people are talking a lot about Courtney Vine's you know, input in that game and she was tr- truly uh, in, you know, great in that game, but... I think only when Rojas came on was Sydney really at their best. Mm. And that was after Stoddy had gone off and Torpy had gone off. And it was kind of Mackenzie uh, Hawksby just had the ability just to run that midfield and just play all those passes she's done throughout the season and allowed the the attacking, you know, attacking players of Sydney just to go to work. And, you know, those two goals were just, it was a matter of time. Once Stoddy went off, I think that midfield, it was really tough for them. Why do you think she came off? Is it just because she's on a minutes restriction this season? Could she not play out the 90? Well, she didn't play the week before, so I don't mm. think it could have. I don't really think, no, I understand how it would have been a minutes restriction. I mean, obviously she's coming yeah, back from very serious no, condition. Exactly, but my the thing is they, if they win, they have a week off. So it's it doesn't really, I don't really get it. I think the Rado, I'm not, I'm, don't know what's in, what was in going through his mind, but it seems as if he thought 2-0, my, my side's been really good defensively all year. I have faith in them to plug in these players and that we can hold out. But I think that the 10 minutes between 70 and 80, and mm. I, I think if Stoddy had come off of the 80th minute, I think City comfortably can hold that game out Uh but with, with you know twenty minutes left of just pressing, 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 and not really having a lot of depth on their bench, I think it was quite tough for City in the end. I was struck not only by the loss of control after Stott departed, but also by City's very strict adherence to zonal marking, yeah. which, if done properly, can be an almost impenetrable defence where the opposition can't find any spaces to exploit and can't drag you out of position. But when you've got players ball-watching and being statues, such as on the Vine goal, which got Sydney back into the match, when you've got Vlanich not presumably not yeah. letting her, her teammates know that Vine was sneaking up on the blind side, Winona Heatley not even close to checking uh, and scanning over her shoulder for a, a player making a run. Yes, it was an intelligent run by Courtney Vine, 
But you could tell from Winnie Heatley's reaction that she had no idea that Vine was there. She didn't even really contest the ball. She's taller than Courtney Vine. She could have won that header if she'd known that Fine was appearing the on the issue. blind side. I think this is the issue we've seen in football for a long time about zonal marking. It's that everybody mm. because 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 people want to stay and be so you know religious with zonal marking zonally. It really sometimes people your natural football instinct when it should kick in, you don't allow it to you don't trust it and you just say, oh no, this is what the coach has said. But if you just go back to your basics. TJ probably turns around, sees Vine and goes, you know what? I don't have any other players coming in from that side, so I can probably give up marking zone and probably follow uh, Vine in or at least let Heatley know to maybe move back and, you know, put a body mm. on Vine. But I think that some this is the issue that you have with zone. And I, as a fan of many football clubs who like to use that kind of marking system, I've cried multiple times losing on last-minute corners because... I think the person with the run-up always has the better opportunity to score. Yes, I would agree with that to a certain extent. I think City have proven the effectiveness of that defensive system yes. over the last few years um, in the aggregate, but in sometimes in moments you just wish the players were taking a little bit more personal responsibility because I, I think there is habit, especially late in games, especially with teams who are, I guess, getting complacent, that they put more faith in the system than their individual responsibilities, their individual marking responsibilities. So there's a lot of looking around at who's to blame um, and saying, was that your player? That was my player, you know? And and I think that that lends itself to more, I guess, uh, moments like this where you've got one intelligent player making a, a quick, dash, dart into the box. But really, Courtney Vine should never be winning that header in the six-yard no, box. No, she shouldn't. You know, she shouldn't be allowed the freedom that to, to walk, to, you know, to come in like that. And, and that also happened in the other game where Molina Rez scored her, mm. that goal. She basically just walked in and nobody from Adelaide really followed her in and she just kind of placed it away. It was quite I mean, it was, she made it look easy she to finish, look which easy. it wasn't. It wasn't easy, but I think it, can be, it could have been made even harder by, you know, a player seeing her a lot earlier. You mentioned, I think it was on the Sarah Hunter goal in extra time, the way Mackenzie Hawksby brought that ball down in the box for her teammate was, you know, a very, very nice first touch. Were you impressed with her performance in this game? Because you you picked her out as crucial before the match. You know me, I I think Mackenzie Hawksby's had an incredible season. She probably is top three for me in terms of players of the season. I think the first half, Stoddy essentially marked her out of the game and Hawksby couldn't really influence the game in any way and in the second half when Vine came on she started to you know maybe get into a little bit but then once stop was out Hawksby ran that midfield and was really you know a great outlet pass like was not an outlet pass but was really facilitating well for Rojas and Vine and even Princess Amini who didn't really do anything that Mm. entire game she at least gave them some level of an option and I think Hawksby this game really showed me that Hawksby is the engine of Sydney, and without Hawksby, Sydney really struggled. We even with all those attacking threats, even with a solid defence and a really good keeper and Jada Wyman, without Hawksby, I don't think Sydney are, mm. are capable of doing you know what they want to be able to do in a game. She, she is a true box to box player, isn't she? And there's not that and she many she controls like her all the corners league. as well. She she she's in every aspect of their play. Mackenzie Hawks Mackenzie Hawksby has her hands there and just is controlling it. Things everything. So 
without her, they really lose not just a player who can, you know, do a pass here and there and he's got great tenacity. Maybe that's uh, the player for victory to target this weekend. Maybe someone like Tiffany Artis to... Victory? Yeah, the player for victory to target. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I, should, uh, I don't know if I said that properly. Yeah, but, no, it's okay. Um, I go even. <laughs> but even having said that, Good assist on the goal to bring the ball down, but you've got a player like Molina Reyes who can just finish the same chance with one touch. So oh, yeah. who would you rather have, you know? <laughs> Molina, it's, it's, seeing Molina Reyes play this weekend and you know, and seeing her, you know, just capitalise on her moment uh, was quite – it was quite upsetting to be like, we missed out on this all mm. season. And well, it's upsetting for her, especially that she couldn't, you know, be on the park as much as she wanted to be because I think there are many games that Victory had this year that had Molina Reyes been there – she probably could have done some more for them and they probably wouldn't have lost, even though they've they made the finals and they've had a decent season relative to all the issues they've had. I think yeah, they still would have loved to have Melina Ayers playing. So talking about the Victory Adelaide game now, uh, I looked at that lineup for kickoff and I thought playing Eliadis ahead yeah. of Alana Murphy in midfield was a mistake. But yeah. I think Jeff Hopkins probably proved me wrong with the with the final score. Like James Bond, he knows all and he knows everything and he can really do everything. But um, <laughs> no, I thought the same thing. I, I was I was I understand why Alana Murphy didn't play. She's what sixteen. She's mm. she's quite young and it's a really big game. But I think this season when she's had her opportunity, she's really taken. And I thought without Kyra Cooney Cross, they were going to need somebody a little bit more attacking. And I thought maybe with Alana Murphy, they they could really you know they could substitute. Some, you know, some of that. And does Elliot just give them more balance, though? She gives, does. And she gives the opportunity to move what, further forward. I think that's what they needed in this game was just some balance, some composure. And when Adelaide weren't showing, you know, that they were up for the fight at times, it, you know, it was just good to have Eliadis there that she could just play a little bit deeper and maybe, you know, have other players go up a little bit higher as well. Does this game ruin Adrian Stenter's case for Coach of the Year? Well, I never had him as coach. I think he's had a tremendous... I, but as a contender, yeah, he's I, sort of out of the conversation now. I think a little bit because I mean, you, me and you were speaking about it um, before we came on and I was saying that I was... If I was Adrian Stenner at halftime, I would have gone, guys, Fiona, Chelsea, just go down this right-hand side where... Uh, oh, left-hand side, sorry. Left-hand side that Courtney Nevin is on and just... Mm. Adelaide's I, right, victory's yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. And just go at it. Just go at it constantly because she's on a yellow card. She probably hasn't been their best defender all year. Mm. I think you can create opportunities for that. And they, they really didn't, you know, uh, utilise that that skill because they have pace and they've shown they can beat victory. So why not do it? They kind of just did this, you know, playing in front, just passing here and there and really just very slow and a little bit too methodical. Sometimes you just need to play off, off instinct and just, you know. I think you've got to give Polly Doran credit. Yeah, I mean, exactly. not only did she put a cross in for one of the goals for victory, uh, Fiona Wirtz, the most prolific striker in the league, barely got a sniff. Exactly. And that's why that's why I've got a question why not change that up and have a more rotating front three. Don't Why does it have to, you know, everybody stay on one side? I, I think that Doran has been the best, the better of the def, like the the fullback. So why just you – know, I mean, that, that's, I guess, where the reputation of players maybe doesn't reflect the performances oh. because you've got Courtney Evan getting called up to the Matildas camp. But I think we're both in, in the same, have the same opinion that, that, that Doran has been the better fullback. Yeah. So 
um, perhaps a closer attention on Victory's games might have pinpointed, you know, that potential weakness. But I will say I haven't done my coaching badges, so are there still probably yeah. things that I don't no, and I, it's, it's, we can say a lot from you. I know, mean, that's the usual yeah. way that Adelaide set up with Dorber on the yeah, right, exactly. where it's on the left, and that does give them width, uh, yeah. and it has it has helped. And it's, them a, this it's an interesting. It would be quite a game to you know change your you know your go to inside yeah, out wingers. That is true, but it would be a big big switch up. But but I think sometimes you need to be you know desperation really matters when you're two one down. But we did see an, we did see an mm. amazing goal from from Adelaide, and it was quite. I've seen that a few times, and I've really enjoyed mm. that goal. Yeah, it was it was a very nice goal from Sasaki, yeah. uh, but did Stand wait too long to put Stanbury on? Because we've seen her come on in games right. and provide that, I guess that hustle and bustle in midfield that maybe Adelaide were lacking on the weekend. I felt they were a little pedestrian; they weren't taking the game by the scruff as they have this season. Potentially, but I also think that when even when all he did bring it on his, the subs, mm. they didn't really provide anything, and nothing True. really changed for them. So, what's to say that you know she come on earlier? She could have done something. I, I I just think that the collective Adelaide were so they just seemed like a really drained team that they've really made this significant achievement and they just couldn't take themselves to that next level. And I think that's something that Jeff Hopkins has for as a as a coach who's take who's been there and done that. He knows how to prepare his team. And for Adrian Stenter, he's hasn't done that before, so maybe he didn't know exactly mm. what he really needed to do to get them to that next level. I also think they're lacking a bit of depth, Adelaide. Yeah. For next season, that's something they can improve on. Obviously, making the finals is a big tick for them, and they need to build on this. Uh, where if they can keep that squad together, you know, of course, there'll be interest in the likes of, of Chelsea Dorber and Dylan Holmes, you would imagine, and, and Wurtz will probably get some offers as well as a Visa player. Yeah. But if they can keep that squad together and add a bit of bench depth, the victory obviously have, uh, that's a dangerous sign. So um, Positives. Yeah. For the two teams that won this weekend, one thing they really they both have is squad depth. Mm. For Adelaide and Melbourne City, Melbourne City didn't really have anything on their bench they could go to once Stott was off. And Adelaide, they're a pretty thin team and their starting 11's really good. And, you know, sometimes their bench brings them stuff, but it's probably not what Victory and Sydney can go to, that they have players who just can come I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we haven't... Uh, seen much out of Shay Evans this season, just given the positive story that she is coming through the, yeah. the JMF program and everything. I just I've been a little disappointed by her output, and you know, they they need an extra attacking option that they yeah. don't she have on the pine at the moment. Particularly great when she came on, um, uh, it was a little bit disappointing. Underwhelming, yeah, it was a very underwhelming. Uh, I think it maybe might also be a little bit difficult with the way in which Adelaide have played this season, and they've had a really mm. They've stuck with the side. Adrian Sanchez stuck with the side that you know the players that he really trusts, and he clearly doesn't trust her as much as you know. She, maybe because her performances haven't been the greatest, so he can't really trust her, and he's just stuck with the people that have really provided for him at every at when he really needed it. Uh, I'm going to end this program with a, a bit of a long run up from yours, truly. Yeah, and it's directed towards Victory Social Media, mm, who posted a. Oh, Admittedly, extremely slick video package of the squad's preparations for tonight's game against Vissel Kobe uh, and posted it with the caption, All Eyes on Tuesday. The problem being that they posted it on a Sunday morning. Yep. When their Sometimes women's side. Sometimes stuff isn't really a great idea, is it, Josh? No. Uh, when their women's side was about to play against Adelaide in their biggest match of the season to date. So I, I think a whole of club. Social media policy may be needed at Melbourne Victory. Maybe there's not enough communication between the branches there. And 
I, I would like to see Victory do a better job of promoting their women's team because they do I'd, have a good I'd side. Be honest, I'd like to see a lot of clubs because there mm. are certain clubs that I've when we've seen their games and we haven't got. I've seen the advertisements only for the men's while I've been watching the women's play, and I've just been questioning mm. how I can be sitting at a women's game but not be promoting the women's team and you know all the things that all the great things that come with it. I think there needs to be a lot better in terms of trying to actually engage fans and not doing it as a just as oh we probably should do that but as an actual like want and desire to make you know those things better because if they are better you get more eyes like I feel like these clubs don't realize that these fans who support your your women's teams they are also fans of your club and they will show up to these other games as well so Mm. why not you know try and actually get people engaged and access all different types of fan bases yeah and also, you know, I think there's a, a benefit in and of itself, um, you know, to have fans of just exclusively the, yeah. the Women's League. I mean, we've got Women's World Cup next year. It's going to be huge. I would like to see clubs not treat it as a box-ticking exercise, Absolutely. I guess. And that, that, that would be my, own, my only thought going, well, into, going into Sunday. Let's not finish a sour note. We've got to wear excited. Are you going to the game? Because I'm going to the game on the week on I, Sunday. I think I will be. Fantastic. I mean, I, I have to make time for this one. Absolutely. Because... I'm very excited for Sunday, Melbourne Derby. Is it is it Channel 10's game or is it it's on ten bold? Bold? ten bold? Okay, it's going to be on free to wear, so and it'll be also the 4 be on PM Paramount. So just just go on ten bold. Don't worry about Paramount, or just come to the game if you're in exactly. Melbourne. Exactly, it's, it's actually going to be a fantastic game. You know, it's going to be the last game in Melbourne for a long time in the dub. Yeah. We know it's it's, it's a torturously long, a long long off season. Winter. We don't even know when next season is starting, and I'm not sure if the players even do, which is another another topic for another day. But uh, it's it might be your last opportunity to see these teams yeah, in person. Come down, see everything. You know, get some. What do people eat at football games? I, don't I think really Amy know. Park the the chicken and chips is pretty popular. Yeah, pretty popular. Popcorn. I don't know if popcorn works. I don't. I don't, I don't really eat popcorn. So <laughs> You're too, too nervous to eat on these I match know, days. I know. I'm, I'm a worse. I'm <laughs> a nervous wreck. Can I won't I be tweeting dare, early. This dare time. I ask you for a prediction? Uh, no, because I feel like I'm a bad luck charm at this point. So. <laughs> I might tweet some things, but I won't be tweeting too early. So you're I tweet refusing. Just on time. You're refusing to tip. I'm refusing to tweet out into the universe because I think if I put it out into the universe, I think I've got a... Well, you don't, I'll, need, to, I'll, you don't I'll, need to tweet it. You can just say it no, on no, this No, no, I show. think if I put it out on the, into the universe, I think I've got a current spell that's going it the opposite way, so I'm just not going to put anything okay. out. In, you know, I, I believe in if you bring positivity out, it should come back to you, so I'm just not going to say anything about the game because it might go back the other way. I'm going to say victory. I think they're riding a yeah, wave Josh, at the moment. You, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, okay? Okay, but, you know, I, I think they're... <laughs> you are a, a victory fan. They're, they're full of confidence. They are, they certainly are. And City have two important players out with red cards. I don't think victory beating Sydney in the grand final, mind. I don't think anyone Ooh. is. I think Sydney. Yeah, it's Sydney's Sydney. title to lose at this I, point. I think I said in 10, say 60-40, I think is the split. If Whoever goes, I think Sydney's the favourite, 60-40. I think it might even be... I couldn't do the math quick enough, so that's why Bigger, I said sixty forty. I, I think I think they're odds on, to be honest. But in this game, I think victory can do it. Uh, just just based on the the vibe of the group and having Melina airs back to just pinch a goal out of nothing. Just Absolutely. as Alex Chidiak described her, the best finisher in the league. That's who you want in a finals game. Absolutely. All right, we're going to sign off here in Radio Dub. Any final thoughts before we go? No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm just pumped for this weekend. All right, so make sure you watch. There's only one game. You better watch it because it's going to be a, a cracker. Preliminary final, Melbourne Derby, 4 p.m. Sunday. Be there or be square. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palais. It's an absolute